Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. You don't have to prove it to yourself that you can do it. You know that you already can. And you don't have to prove it to anybody else that you can do it all by yourself. There is absolutely nothing wrong. There's no weakness in asking for help and accepting help. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. This is Sanaya, and I'm super excited about today's episode with someone who is a friend, a student, and a client all rolled into one. She is definitely one of the most generous and thoughtful people I know, and she brings such warmth into the room. It's a delight to know her. I'm talking about Jelly Victor, who is a well-known events host, a podcast host. She is a fitness professional, and last but not least, she is a Theta healer, having taken many classes at my well-being center, The Third Eye Wellness. I met Jelly maybe about six to seven years ago, and I've seen how much she has grown as an individual since then. She has constantly worked on self-development, improving herself on so many fronts, while growing her ability to love and accept herself completely. Sounds like a journey many of you have been taking, doesn't it? Now, I wanted to do an episode with her because she has blossomed tremendously as a person, as a mother, and as a woman. And I would love to get the inside perspective on what that process has been like from her point of view, which I think is going to go a long way in helping you see the way to your best self, too. This is Jelly's second time coming on the show. We did an episode way back on season one. It was actually my season finale of season one um, with the entire eavesdrop gang. But this time I have her all to myself. So let's get right to it with the wonderful Jelly Victor. Welcome back to Project Loving Myself. Thank you, Sanaya. You know, I was looking forward to hearing that introduction because whenever you introduce your guests, I'm like, wow, that is a beautiful, fantastic way to start a podcast. So I was curious to hear what you were going to say about me. Thank you. Thanks a did lot. Did you like it? Did you I like did. it? I was- loved it. Thank Good. you. I'm, 
I'm glad. Like when I started writing for you, it just kind of like the words poured out and I didn't have to edit anything. It was just exactly what I wanted to say right there on paper. So yeah, it's nice when you know the person really well. So I'm going to be talking about some kind of very, I would say, important aspects of your personal growth journey, Jelly. And I really want to say that I'm already very grateful that you're coming here. And I asked you before we started the podcast, Jelly, is there anything I need to avoid? You know, can I talk about anything? And that's how generous you are. You're like, you know, whatever comes out on today's episode is meant to be. And that already sets the tone for this episode. You know, you're just kind of so open, so ready. And that's kind of like that giving nature of yours. Like you're ready to share whatever you went through to kind of help anyone else out there. And that's so jelly, Victor. Thank you, Sanaya. But before we actually start, though, can I just send it out that Sanaya, she invited me to the podcast. She received a message from me saying, okay, I have to psych myself up for this. (laughs) And days prior to today, I really had to like condition myself that I am going to do this. I'm going to come on your show because as you already know, unbeknownst to quite a lot of people, I'm actually shy. (laughs) And, you know, I feel like, why would I go on as a guest like who would want to listen but I felt like no this is the universe pushing me to do something that's meant to be so here I am you just say yes and you show up absolutely and you know jelly like it's so interesting to me that a lot of people who are hosts who are event speakers like yourself who speak so beautifully are actually shy people and that's really interesting yes (laughs) right and they choose this career which is like right on stage you know in front of people of audiences it actually reminds me of um do you know alex kaleha kaleha the comedian yes i do of course i love that guy Right. So he was talking as well. I remember an episode where he was talking about how he's this comedian, but actually he's a loner. Like he's someone who's like introverted and it's the same kind of thing. You know, we sometimes choose like career paths that are kind, they, they force us to maybe confront aspects of ourselves that we could grow, you know, that we could develop further. So I think it's interesting that you started off saying you're shy when you're a podcast host, you're an events host. I mean, you've done events in front of crazy amounts of people. And I I don't know if it's because I'm just likening myself to the woman that I look up to, which is Oprah Winfrey, because she is also introverted with extroverted qualities. So Mm. there, I'm the same. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's a great way to describe you. Now, Jelly, in an article I read on you, you quoted Confucius saying, Choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So you started off as a fitness instructor, you moved into hosting, you host podcasts, and you still found a way to explore healing and well-being along the way. How do you feel about this direction that your life has taken? And, you know, keeping in mind again that you started off as someone who's shy and maybe who didn't, you know, imagine herself playing these kinds of roles, but this is what you chose for yourself. So tell me about, you know, how you look at that. I think it's really what's meant to happen. This is really the journey that I'm supposed to go through. Fitness for me started when I was still in university. I was taking up a course that was very stressful. And for some reason, okay, even 
I didn't even know that I was shy because back in school, I would always be on stage dancing or participating in extracurricular activities. But I loved being in my lonesome. I was perfectly okay being alone. And it's like when I have to face a crowd, it's like a new personality comes in. My Sasha fears, you know, comes into me. So I didn't even know that I was shy, but I did. I avoided crowds. I hardly would hang out with classmates back in university. Um, on weekends, they would get together, um, enjoy each other's company, have drinks. My excuse was always, oh, my, my grandmother's not allowing me because at that time I was staying with my grandmother. You know, she's not allowing me to hang out with friends or be out and about after school, which was not really the case because I never even asked them for permission. You know what I mean? So I just really avoided crowds. And because I was going through a lot of stress in school, I don't know how I ended up dropping by a gym and then thinking, oh, I could, I could do this instead. And I got so addicted that I would be there every single day. I would have a trainer. I would attend classes I've never tried before. Next thing I know, they'd approach me and ask if I wanted to join a competition. And I'm like, why not? You know, I ain't got nothing to lose. And my outlook towards um, competitions has always been, you never really lose. It's a fantastic experience. You're going to learn something. If Whether you win or lose, you end up with a fantastic physique and you know, learnings. So I joined the competition. I was actually a thank you girl, you know, somebody who came in, introduced herself, danced the heck out of the competition, and you never see her again. <laughs> you know, it's wow. like, hi, my name is Jelly Victor. Thank you. You know, I never even made it to the top 10, top five, nothing. I was a thank you girl. I was a clapper. You know, I only come in for the dance performances front and center, and then I, you never see me again. <laughs> but... That competition led to my being discovered as a host. And then, you know, that was just kept coming in. You know, these are things I never even really thought of wanting to do. I just ended up doing it. And it was an easy, it's like the, the path was paved for me and I just had to walk it, you know. And at that time, the reason I was doing all of these things was because I needed the money. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So I just kept doing it and work kept coming in. I kept getting recommended to people. I would be referred to all of these event organizers. And it was just easy. And I feel like I think that's a sign that I'm really meant to do all this because nothing stood in my way. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And for someone who had no idea that this is what you were going to do in your life, I mean, looking at you, I've seen you the way you come alive, you know, in front of a, a camera, in front of an audience. Like, I can't think of anything better that you could have done. Like, that's so fitting for you. You are so just, you know, you you bring that energy into, into hosting, into being in front of audiences, in front of speaking, and you are so eloquent, you know, Thanks, so... Yeah. I think it's brilliant how the universe kind of took you to the path. So sometimes, you know, I guess this is something that might help a lot of people who don't know what they want. You know, yeah. it's okay to not know what you want and just put one foot in front of the other. Just keep, you know, going where the opportunities open up and just 
take them and try it out. And you might find yourself in that perfect career for yourself. And it's like you said, right? Do something you love and then it feels like you're not even working. Absolutely. Every single day, I t- even with my daughter, I tell her, because um, sometimes she would, considering we're already together 24-7, she still complains when I have work. She's like, you were in this studio. And when I say studio, I mean this room, which is like within our house. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, you were in the studio the whole day. I didn't get to bond with you. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you see how happy mama is when she gets done with work? You know, it doesn't matter what kind of an event it is. And the number of audience I'm speaking to, every single event is so fulfilling for me. And I am grateful every day that this is what I do because I'm just so happy doing it. It really does not feel like work, regardless how exhausted I am after an event and virtual events are a lot more tiring than live events. I feel right. It's so fulfilling. I am happy. And you know, I've heard you say jelly that when you're happy, you're a better mom to Juliana. Like you're just right. And so when we're doing something that brings us joy, we are better people for the people we are around, you know, for the people we love. So I think that, you know, sometimes a lot of, women, particularly, they feel like they need to sacrifice what they love or their dream, right, to be present for their children. When I actually am a firm believer of, you know, if you have something that's for you, something that you love to do, it actually makes you a better parent to your kids, you know, makes you a better role model sometimes, or it makes you feel, I think, a lot more fulfilled. And therefore, you're a lot more patient with people at home. So I think that's a really great thing. Everyone says mom guilt is real. Absolutely. But I also feel like it's something we bring upon ourselves. We allow ourselves to feel guilty when we really shouldn't. I mean, why would you feel bad, guilty for taking care of you? You know what I mean? You know, Agreed. in the beginning of my journey as a mom, I wasn't working out. Because I felt like that is so selfish of me to take about an hour, an hour and a half with traffic and everything, two hours to work out when I'm already working so much and then I'm going to take two hours away from being with my daughter. That's, that's how I used to think. But now I realize, hold on, if I take an hour, an hour and a half for myself, I've catered to me all the endorphins. I know I'm loving me, which makes me even more loving to take care of everyone else around me. So I tell my daughter that now, and I'm hoping that she'll take it in so that when she's all grown up, she'll realize I need to take care of me first. It's not being selfish. It's just the right thing to do. So to all the moms out there who feel guilty for getting their manicure and pedicure done once in a while or taking time out to watch whatever K-drama they're into, allow Mm -hmm. yourself that. If it makes you happier, everyone else around you will be happy as well. Mm -hmm. Just get rid of that guilty feeling. You know, I totally, totally hear you, Jelly, because as you know, I just had my my baby and beautiful Sahara. (laughs) Thank you. And two months after I gave birth, I kind of felt like I want to start doing a bit of exercise, 
Okay. And a lot of people are like, you're crazy. You know, you just gave birth, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, but I just feel really slow. Like I feel like my memory is a bit fuzzy. I feel foggy. I don't feel like I'm sleeping that well. Like I just felt like a little bit of exercise would just, you know, help me feel better and get through my day better. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start, you know, drinking coffee or I'll start doing things that aren't really good for myself just to make myself have that extra bit of energy. So I started a little bit and, you know, there's a lot of different things people say, if you work out you're, and you're breastfeeding, your milk will get affected. And there were all these like different things that were going through my mind. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go into all these things that could happen if I mm-hmm. took that time for myself, because that's just an excuse, right? That's just a reason not to do that and to sacrifice myself for, you know, whatever reason. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in with a very positive mindset and I'm going to decide that everything is going to be even better because I'm exercising. And so I started very slowly at two months. I continued, you know, I'm a little bit more regular now, but I just feel so much better that one hour doing a bit of yoga or doing, you Mm -hmm. know, some kind of workout. I feel better and it hasn't affected you know, my breastfeeding. In fact, I just feel like everything is easier. Everything is smoother. So it's like you said, you know, the block is kind of in our head. Yes. And we stop ourselves from doing things that could be potentially really good for us. Like even getting sleep. I remember thinking, oh my God, if I sleep too much, it's going to affect my milk supply. But it's not, you know, the better I sleep, the healthier I feel, the more like it's easier. The more relaxed you are, which will make the milk flow. Exactly. And so, you know, this is really like me and Jelly saying that guys take that time for yourself, you know, because there are just going to be so many benefits in so many different ways. Now, Jelly, I'm going to actually move us over into something a little bit more personal about your life. So I want to talk a little bit about the first time I met you. So this was, I think it was six or seven years ago, but like I said, you know, my memory is a bit off with all these... 2016. Okay, there we go. So 2016, we met and you had come in for a session at my center. At the time, you were both processing and healing from a breakup. So tell me, why did you, okay, Jelly, completely disconnected from all the things I was doing back then and continue to do today? How did you decide to come in for something like a Theta healing session? Probably something you had never heard of, never done before. How did you get from where you were dealing with this breakup to coming in for a session at the center? I started off the podcast by saying, just say yes and then show up. And that was exactly what happened with this uh, first healing session. I didn't even know I was coming in for a theta healing session. I just wanted to talk to you, somebody I had never met before. I didn't even know how you looked like. I just knew your name because I had heard you on Boys Night Out many years prior to going in for that Theta Healing session. But hearing you speak to um, the listeners and addressing whatever problem it was the listener had, I felt like, wow, this lady makes a lot of sense. And you gave pieces of advice that normal people wouldn't usually dish out. But it made a lot of sense. And I guess just hearing you that one time, it just got, I guess it stuck in my head. that when I was going through a very difficult time in my life, which was the breakup, you came to mind. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, I didn't think about 
meeting up with friends or meeting therapists or speaking to family, you came to mind. I got in touch wow. with DJ Tony Tony, asked for your number, messaged you. You were out of the country at that time. And you were so accommodating. And I think it was that. The fact that you said, I'm out of the country right now, but I will be back after, I think, about a week, a week and a half. We can meet then. You know, mm -hmm. you said, not right now, but we can meet at this time. And I think that was very soothing for me because it felt like, okay, she really wants to talk to me. I had no idea you were a Theta Healer. I didn't even know <laughs> Theta Healing existed. So I came into the center and... I just really wanted somebody to talk to who wasn't going to be biased. You know, so I didn't want to talk to friends because, of course, they'd have an opinion about it because they would know who I had a problem with. And from that first session, I remember leaving the center feeling so good, so happy, relieved, and lighter. A week wow. after, I had to come in for another session. And I left the session feeling the same and even better. For both sessions, I left feeling better than when I came in. Like instantaneously lifted from whatever burden was keeping me down. And I thought to myself, I want to do this for other people. Yeah. That's why I signed up for the classes. And, and Jelly... What was it like to go from being someone who was receiving the session to becoming a student? Like, what did you kind of learn in the process? And I know like relationships was like the big theme in the beginning of what you were kind of working on, whether it was in our session or in class. So what was it like to kind of go through that learning period and sort of processing, understanding more about yourself and relationships? The impetus for me to go for the healing sessions was, like you said, my relationship with my daughter's dad. But that did not become the focus of the classes because it ended up diverting me to an even more important and long-standing relationship that I never thought was the root cause of my other problems you know, which was yeah. my problem with my mom. Yeah, It's kind of like one of those things that you sweep under a rug and you feel like, oh, this does not exist. Or I don't have a problem with this. But you know it's there. You just don't want to deal with it. Going in for the, the classes after the healing sessions made me realize, nope, it will keep showing up. Until yeah. you actually deal with this and heal this, fix it, it's going to keep showing up. It's little ugly head, you know, until you really fully learn what that part of your life was there to teach you, accept it, fix it, and then let it go. It kept showing up in so many classes. I remember yeah. whether it's with you or the other instructors, I'd be like, my mom again? <laughs> I thought <laughs> I already fixed this, you know, but it was, it is so worth it. Like, just for all the listeners to know, if you're not a listener of the Eavesdrop podcast, this is unknown to you. But before I went in for my healing sessions, I couldn't even say I love you to my mom. You know, every time I would see her calling, it's like, Ugh, she's calling and I would ignore it. 
I didn't want her to get to know my daughter. I didn't mm-hmm. want, I didn't even want her in the hospital when I was giving birth. And she's an OBGYN. Wow. <laughs> you know, she's playing dual roles that are extremely important in a woman's life. She's my mother and she's an OBGYN, one of the best ones of that. And I didn't want her in the hospital. How messed up is that, you know? Well, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say messed up, Jelly, but it's just, you know, it showed that there was definitely a lot beneath the surface yeah. that had happened that had to be kind of dealt with and, and resolved, right? And not just you. I'm sure there are so many people out there who have who have put something of their life, you know, some memory, some trauma, something in their childhood, they've kind of swept it under the rug. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, when I started my healing journey, there were things that I had swept under the rug for a very long time. And like you said, it's bound to come up. And I think you said it so beautifully, like it, it rears its ugly head and it will keep coming up. It's like, remember that game? Like, I don't know if you guys remember that game where the head pops up of the, uh, of the holes and you got to like, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those listening to the podcast, Sadaya and I were both <laughs> gesturing, hitting, it's like you've got this little hammer and you're hitting all those popping heads. <laughs> yeah. And that's what our life is like, right? We Mm -hmm. have all these popping heads that show up in our issues with other people. Like, for example, you mentioned the relationship was what you started with, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. the focus. It went back to kind of your relationship with your mother. And I remember we talked about this, Jelly, that the way you dealt with the breakup, you dealt with it really well. And I remember you commented saying that you were surprised at how you were able to kind of bring yourself out of that space where you were just really feeling very bad and, you know, just not very, you know, good about the the whole situation. But you kind of, you know, you conquered that whole experience. Mm -hmm. And I would say came out better from it, you know, in, in, in a lot of different ways. You became stronger, you became more... I mean, I, I saw a lot of change in you and it had to do, of course, with the, the way you were healing from those experiences and how you applied yourself to the classes. Now, looking back at that time in your life, Jelly, like how, how would you, I know this is kind of a difficult question, but how would you connect the dots in your life? Like how did one situation lead to another thing, lead to another thing? Like where was this all coming from? And I, I don't need, I don't mean like you need to like explain exactly what was going on with your mom, but like from your perspective, what was it that needed healing? What was it that you were kind of dealing with and resolving and, and um, learning in the whole process? The reason I went in for the healing session when I was going through relationship troubles was because I knew I didn't want to bring that feeling, that energy back into my home and have it affect my daughter. You know, I grew up in a family setup that was not peaceful from the very beginning. Like, I don't ever remember my parents being loving and kind and respectful to each other. I I grew up seeing my parents fight a lot. And there was always this negative energy at home. You know, we would 
up and leave the home, transfer to another home, and I'd hear all of these negative things. And, you know, as a child, never assume that your kids don't understand or they don't know what's happening. Trust me, these kids know. Plus, they pick up not so much the, the words or the actions, but the energy at home. And even though I wasn't going through any healing, I already knew that. So I didn't want to bring that back home. That's why I went in for the healing sessions. And if there's something I knew from childhood is I didn't want my kids growing up in that kind of an environment because I saw the effect on me. There's this lack of confidence that I feel maybe it would have been different if I grew up in a loving environment or at least got love and support from either parents. Now, I just need to make it clear that my parents are wonderful human beings. You know, my dad yeah. is an amazing person. My mom, you know, hats off to her. I salute her for the kind of doctor she is, the hard worker that she is. I got my work ethics from my mom. But as parents, I didn't get what I needed as a child from them. And it's because of the healing that I can now say, which is not their fault. They were yeah. operating from what they knew, what they had from their own experiences, you know, and they gave me to the best of their ability and with what they had, that's what they gave us. But as a kid, you don't know this, you right. know, you just, you're just thinking of what you're not getting. So I wanted to make sure that I gave that to my daughter, whatever it was that I wasn't, I, I didn't get. I'm kind of digressing. No, you're you're right on point. Um, I, I'm thinking also back to my own childhood and to the countless sessions I've done with with people. And it's kind of the same thing. It's the same story, you know. We acknowledge, at least if you've come to a certain point of of you know having perspective and having healed a lot of things in your life, you can look look, you can look back and say, you know, my parents were really good people. Mm. They were, they, they did their best, yeah. but they were also limited by their own, you know, their own upbringing, their own issues. And sometimes, yeah. you know, like as a grown up, I know that relationships aren't always easy for people, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes two people get together and it brings out the worst in them. Yeah. And that when a couple, you know, is bringing out the worst in each other, sometimes they, they stay together for the children, but the children are the ones who can feel from that first yeah. you know, moment, they're aware that something's not right. And then I'm kind of also relating to what you said. It's like you ha you don't have a feeling of safety and security in the home mm -hmm. because you know that there's discord, right? There's conflict mm -hmm. going on. And it doesn't even have to be between your parents. It could have been like, it could be a financial pressure. It could be a family issue, you know, with the extended family. There's so many different things that could affect the sense of peace that a, a child should normally have at home and they get disturbed by that mm. and it affects them physically emotionally mentally like it did for you to the degree that you didn't feel like you got that maybe that nurturing the safety the attention the security that you 
could have or should have gotten, you know? Yeah. Now, now, how do you think it affected you as a grown-up, Jelly? Like that childhood, how did it manifest in the adult life? You said confidence, but what else? It's uh, the self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You're always second-guessing yourself. There's really that lack of confidence. Um, I wonder what I would have done, what I would have gone for, what I would have propelled myself to achieve if I just had that backbone, that foundation of safety, security, and love? Would I have been more confident to really pursue some things that I wanted to go for? But I felt like, oh, that's not for me. In relationships, would I have been the kind of person that didn't give so much of herself would I have just given enough and just right and not too much that I felt emptied out? Mm-hmm. Or because I was giving too much of myself in relationships, aside from the fact that it drained me, here I was also expecting it back. You know, it wasn't right. like I was just giving all that love, not ex- expecting anything in return. No, I wanted it back. Right. And when I didn't get it back, it caused problems. You know, you you think like, how would this have, how would things have been better if you had just gotten this? Now, I'm not blaming it on my parents. You know, there was this um, one fortune teller many, many years ago. I didn't know about healing yet. So I would go to fortune tellers whenever I needed people to talk to. See, <laughs> it was a trend. <laughs> I didn't talk to friends. I didn't talk to family. I would go to fortune tellers, tarot card readers, <laughs> and the like. Um, there was this fortune teller who uh, we were talking about a relationship. And the cards read um, the energy of my father instead. And then he had said something that was so impactful. I share it to this day. And then he he said, don't hate your father so much. We weren't even talking about my dad, okay? He said, don't hate your father so much. That's the role he had to play. Yeah. And I kept it in mind that whenever there's anyone who... Uh, hurts me or does anything that greatly affects me. I just think, nope, that's the role he had to play. A role he had to play for what? For me to learn whatever lesson it is I need to learn. For me to have whatever experience it is I need to have. So now you're a lot more forgiving of people because you're like, nope, that's just the role you had to play. You're not a bad guy. You know, you just had to, you had to be that in order for me to learn this, for me to experience this. So it's easier to forgive people. (laughs) It's so beautifully said, Jelly, that you had to play that role. And I think that it's it's very helpful when we're in the midst of, you know, hating on someone or we're really angry with someone. But if we remind ourselves that that's just the role they had to play. And, you know, as a Theta healer, and I know you know this, like we talk about two things that came up as you were talking, it came up to me, is overcompensation and overcorrection, right? So so for those of you listening, um, we talk about this concept in our Theta healing classes, and um, it comes up in sessions as well, that sometimes when we are deprived of something in our life, 
we make it kind of our kind mission. of our, our, our mission, our goal yeah. to get it from somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't get it from. So in your case, you didn't get that that nurturing and love and attention the way you wanted it. In my okay. definition of love, attention, and nurturing, yes. Correct. And the way you wanted it, you didn't get it. So now you almost were like, you needed it from mm-hmm. a partner. And you almost, like you stretched yourself thin, trying to give all that love because you mm-hmm. actually wanted it back. So yes. you were kind of exhausting and draining yourself because you were overcorrecting or overcompensating for what you didn't get as a child. And you were also trying to get it from another person who, you know, does not know anything about yeah. your childhood, you know, who has nothing to do with what happened to you, yeah. but now has to bear that burden or have all that pressure to give you something that, you know, you want and you need, but perhaps they may not have the capacity or capability to give it because it's also asking them for a lot more than they have. Than they right? signed up for. And they're also going yeah. through their own journey. So it's like you're expect plus the fact that you don't even you don't even verbalize your needs. You're just right. expecting, hoping <laughs> that they would give it. And when you demand it or when you're they can feel that energy of you demanding it, even if you don't say anything. And for there aren't very many people who are open to it. You know, when they feel that energy, that's when they push away all the more. Correct. Yeah, that's true, though. That's true. When you when you come into a relationship with a lot of that unresolved baggage that's coming from somewhere else in your life, you put it on the, your partner. Normally, we put it on our partner and it's a load that's too much to bear for another person because yeah. now they're not just in the relationship with you. They're in a relationship with your inner child. Right, you're they're in a relationship with that little child who's you know still asking and wanting and needing something, right? And so the inner child plus the past you, past girlfriends who didn't get their needs met. You know, there are many versions of you with your first ex, your second, however many exes you've had, all the trauma and experience from those you're bringing it in into this new relationship and you're expecting this one person to meet all of those unmet needs from years past. So that's quite the burden. It is. That's a lot of baggage, right? And I think we, we are not yet at that point, I think, in our understanding. And I mean like everyone. Yeah. I don't think everyone quite has that understanding that we are responsible to clean up our own mess, you know? And of course, it it starts from the time we're a child where our parents try to teach us to pick up our own toys, right? And as we grow up, we're supposed to be responsible for all our mistakes and judgment for all the things that we do. But, you know, as it gets more and more challenging and the more you don't want to see parts of yourself, the more difficult it gets to take that responsibility of cleaning up our own mess, our own baggage. And then we kind of, we, we don't want to look at it. We pretend it doesn't exist and we make it the other person's fault. And this is kind of where a lot of relationships break down is because I think a lot of people, like the people in the relationship are not taking responsibility for what's their own 
mess Mm -hmm. or stuff to clean up. And so I think for anyone who's in a relationship, you know, we need to be really careful about not bringing our past into the relationship and also not asking of our partners things that are unreasonable because they're actually coming from our unfulfilled, unmet desires from from childhood or in previous relationships. So yeah, totally. Wow, this is some deep stuff we're getting into, Jelly. Well, you probably need it to come out. It's what needs to be heard. (laughs) Right, absolutely. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi guys, my name is Francesca. And you've got me, Jelly. You've got Del here. All right, so we hear that you like to listen to podcasts. You know what? That is pretty cool. It's the end thing to do right now. And we've got one. It's called The Eavesdrop. Do check it out, okay? We like to talk about everything and anything that's probably on your mind. Um, unfiltered, unedited, <laughs> sometimes to our own disadvantage. But go check it out after <laughs> listening to this one. Now... From your perspective, from your experience, Jelly, do you think that relationships run its course? Like, do you think people fall out of love with each other? People are meant to be with each other just for a short time? Or like, you know, there's different roles that people have to play in our life, but it doesn't have, it's not always forever. You know, it's just for that time in our life. Do you buy into that idea? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, There's this popular saying that people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, absolutely. There are people who come into your life for a reason, maybe to teach you a lesson, for you to have certain experiences. I mean, I've had exes that really made me feel loved. You know, like they made me experience what it's like to really be catered to, to be nurtured, to be pampered. 
and then they're gone. So they made you, they made me realize, oh, I like that. I like to be loved. This is how I want to be loved. Thank you for that lesson. You know, so they're there for a reason. Maybe a season in your life as well. Maybe it's uh, in your 20s when you're still coming into yourself and discovering who you are. And then there are also people who are in your life for a lifetime. I would say that Juliana's dad is in my life for a lifetime. Is it as a partner? I would never know. But I do know for a fact that he's always going to be in my life and in Juliana's life. And I guess that's one thing that I made sure of as well. That's what I wanted. Whatever happens between us, you know, my daughter doesn't have to suffer the consequences. She's not involved in it. Whatever happened between us is between us. His relationship with my daughter is separate from my relationship with him. So this is a man who's always going to be in my life. What role he plays, who knows? You know, um, yeah. the the fans, the fans of our love team, there's quite a number of them, especially the list, listeners of the podcast. We'll just have to wait and see if there will be changes or developments, you know, but this is a person who's going to be in my life forever. Relationships run their course. You even with, I feel like with your husband, you can fall out of love, but then you can also fall back in love because you can't expect the same person to remain the same from the time you first met them up until seven, 10 years after. And biologically, physically, you're not even the same person. You're, you've, your cells have died and regenerated. So literally right. every single thing in your body is completely different after like seven years. So how can you expect a person to be the same after all these years, right? But you choose to fall back in love with them because you would look at those things that works, what you have, you you work on those things that you think you don't have and you yeah. put value into it. So to answer that question, yes, relationships do run their course. If it has ended, figure out what did I learn from that relationship, then let it go. If it comes back to you, then maybe it's meant to come back right. to you. You don't keep holding on to those relationships that are gone. You know? And this is what I've noticed also about you, Jelly, is you know, as you're talking about the father of Juliana, you're not deciding that he needs to play this particular role. Mm -hmm. You're open to how that relationship evolves and changes. Yeah. Like you're not set or attached to any one concept mm -hmm. or role, you know? And so there's no pressure for either of you. And I think no. maybe that's how you make that relationship work so well is because you allow yourself and him to kind of just go with the flow, you know, see where life takes you without kind of like, oh, it has to be this way, or this is what I, you know, this is what I need. Like you're, you're kind of very relaxed about it, which I love. And that's quite the evolution, right? <laughs> People don't understand our setup. And just so you know, we're not just co-parenting. He lives with us. <laughs> 
We're in the we sleep on the same bed with our daughter right smack in the middle. And that's every single night unless he is out of town. Okay. People don't understand this setup. <laughs> uh, but it's wonderful. And I'm happy. Our daughter is happy. You don't need to put labels, I feel. Um Everyone keeps telling me, Joe, why don't you just sit him down and ask, you know, what is this? What's the setup? And even though I've heard that from tons of people, I check in with myself and I think, do I need to know? You know, especially with this pandemic situation, it's not really going to change anything. So what's the point? I, I don't need to know. It's okay. Right. Everything, everything is great. And we are happy. And I am so grateful that he is very much present in our daughter's life and even my life. He is the first person I would call if I was ever in need of anything. He, Your family. He, yeah, he is family. And that's not going to change. I, I think it's when women try and put labels or want to understand what the relationship is, that's when the problems sometimes arise. Yeah. But if you just let it be, because, you know, things are going great anyways, you know, why rock the boat? I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the point you made about, you know, when we try to put labels mm. or names to the relationship, because I think like when you say things like, oh, this is my partner or my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriend, like all of these like labels carry weight, you know, they carry expectations. They carry, we call it in Theta Healing, right? A group consciousness of what mm. a husband is supposed to be or a wife is supposed to be or, you know, and it creates a lot of complications. And sometimes yes. you just want to just be, you know, and that's okay. I think that's perfectly okay. And it should be okay. You know, we, we shouldn't need to question that or make it something just mm -hmm. for the, the purpose of having, you know, a label on it, you know? There's no so need for it. There's no need for it. Now, Jelly, it is in motherhood that I have really seen you come into your own being. I've seen how you continuous, continuously strive to be the best mother you can be. And technically, you're a single mom. So tell me about this experience. How has that been? Like, what is, what is it? like to have to be a single mom though i know your your situation is is a little a lot more than that yeah yes. but at the end of the day you know there's a lot of women out there who have written in to the podcast and you know they have wanted to hear a little bit more about a, a single parenthood mm. you know what what you've learned about that how you've dealt with it and any tips you can share with our okay. listeners it was through the healing sessions and the workshops that I found out I had this negative belief. These are limiting beliefs, limiting thoughts you have about yourself. And for me, one big one, massive one that I wasn't even cognizant of until I started the workshops is that I am alone. I have to be alone. I must do it all by myself. Why? <laughs> you know, 
What are you trying to prove? And all these questions, I'm not asking the single moms out there. I was, I ended up asking myself, like, why must I do things alone? I'll share this story from class. So when I found out those limiting beliefs and we worked on it, and that's the beauty of theta healing, it's instantaneous healing within minutes snap your finger, the healing happens. So when I found out that, um, okay, so the situation was prior to that, I was doing everything myself, you know, um, bringing up Juliana, taking her to the pedia, to the classes, you know, I had to do everything alone and myself. After the healing, I look at my phone. So after the healing session, you'd go on a break, like a toilet break, snack break. I look at my phone and I had a message from Juliana's dad saying, I know you have a very busy weekend with your workshops and hosting. Is there anything you want me to do for Juliana? Wow. I never, I never even asked him. He just knew of my schedule and he offered, which he had never done before. And a few days after that, I had friends messaging me, hey, Gels, I know you're really busy with um, your work schedule. So if you ever want to drop Juliana off, you know, to play here and then go work out or do whatever, the house is open. Our home is always open to you guys. I never even asked for these things, but because, because I went through the healing, it just opened up all of these doors. And I've realized now that, yes, you can do it alone and you're going to be fantastic at it, but it's so much easier to get help. And you're surrounded by people who want to help. You know, they're just waiting for you to ask for that help. Actually, they're not even waiting for you to utter the words, uh, "Can can you help me? No, their arms are already wide open. You just need to see it. Yeah. And you have to realize that it really does take a village to bring up all of these kids. And you have heaps of people around you to help you out. You might think that your family is not your village. Maybe you're right on that. You'll have friends who want to help you out. You'd have co-moms like fellow moms from your your children's school who want to help out it could be you know there there are people around you who want to help you you just need to see it you just need to accept it and you just need to open yourself up to accepting the help you don't have to resist it it doesn't make you weak to accept help it actually shows that you are strong to realize that you know what i can It's so much easier when somebody is helping me out. I used to resist the help that my nanny, can you imagine? I had several sessions (laughs) over my nanny during our workshops and classes because I didn't even want to accept her help. And my nanny is an alpha nanny. She's been an amazing nanny to numerous families for far longer than I've been a mother. She knows her stuff and she does it well. And we were clashing in the beginning because here she is. She knows she's a great nanny, 
but she's unable to perform her duties well because here I am with my own issues, wanting, needing to be a super hands-on mom that needs to do everything, you know? Yeah. And it was frustrating for her because she's like, okay, you hire, she's never said this, but I could feel the energy. You hire me to do this and I know I do this well and yet you're not letting me. So it was only after our workshops and healing sessions that I allowed her to do what she's amazing at. And I also allow her to take care of my daughter. And I think it was a class with you when you said, yes, Jill, you can shower your daughter with all this love, all the love that she needs and she wants. But don't you think it would be better if she's getting that amount of love from so many other sources from your nanny, from her dad, from your friends. And I realize, yeah, you know, why does it just, why should all the love just come from me when there are so many people who want to love her? You just have to let them. So, you know, single moms out there, you don't have to do it all. You know, you can already do it. You don't have to prove it anymore. You don't right? have to prove it. Yeah, you don't have to prove it to yourself that you can do it. You know that you already can. And you don't have to prove yeah. it to anybody else that you can do it all by yourself. There is absolutely nothing wrong. There's no weakness in asking for help and accepting help. You know, I, I loved everything you said, Jelly. The, the lesson you talked about, you know, towards the end of what you were saying about something you realize, because it, it was something I, I said, it was something I remember sharing in a class, because it's something I learned that mm. at the end of the day, it was life is not designed for us to have to get love from one person, really, it's true. And, you know, I'm the same way in a sense that I've got really great help in the house. And there's a lot of also family who love my children and, you know, my, their grandparents and so on. And I realized that I don't have to be the one to do everything. I don't have to be the one to like give everything to my child, but I need to allow my child to be able to receive love from so many different sources because love is love, right? Yes. Whether love comes from me or it comes from like other people, it's still love. And we just want our child, our children to grow up getting the most amount of love because yeah. that's what builds safety, security, confidence, self-esteem. You know, that's what really um, rears healthy children. And mm. it's not how present a mother necessarily has to be because sometimes a mom is working. Sometimes, yes. you know, both parents are working. Sometimes the mother is out of the country. There's so many different things happening. And I think what's important is that the child needs to get love. And as a parent, if we can create many different sources of love for our children, I think our children will be just really, they'll grow up very loved, very well adjusted. Another thing I, I really liked about what you said is that, um, you, you acknowledge that there was this need in you to have to do everything. And I think there's a lot of people out there who have that very same need. So anyone who's listening in, if you feel like you're the one who's always doing everything in the family, whether it's taking care of the children, you know, cooking, cleaning, maybe making money, if you're doing everything, it's not necessarily that there's no one there to help you, but you might have that need and in all likelihood, you do have that need to have to do everything on your own. 
So if you feel that if you feel the people around you are not equipped or they're not able to support you, like you're maybe even blaming them. Because I just had a couple of sessions actually on the same issue with um, some clients. Uh, so it's really common. But you feel like, oh, the people around you are not capable to support you. And that's why you have to do it on your own. It's actually not mm. like that. It's yes. your need to want to do it alone. And it could be a control issue. It could be a need to prove. It could be, you know, like we mentioned with you, Jelly, overcorrection, overcompensation. Like I need to be the mom that my mother wasn't. You know, I need to be as present because nobody was there for me. So whatever our motivation is. Yeah, go ahead, Jelly. Could I just add, um, while you were saying that, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I, I say this. Whenever you feel like you have to do everything yourself, you're the only one who can do it correctly, who can do it right. Nobody else gets it right. That's why you don't delegate tasks because you're the only one who can do it the way it should be done when you're a perfectionist. Sometimes all of those things are signs that there's inner child healing that needs to be done because you are overcompensating. You are overcorrecting. You're trying to prove something to someone. Um, I need to say this, and I have to say it in Filipino, and I'll just translate it for you, Sanaya, mm -hmm. because... I remember we kept trying to find the negative belief. We kept trying to find the root cause of a problem that I, that already surfaced. It was only when the thoughts came in in Filipino mm -hmm. that it got healed. And the yeah. thought was, and in Filipino, because it's, it's more dramatic and it's more impactful if it's in Filipino. Okay. Okay. Pinapa mukha ko sa nanay ko. Naganito ang pagiging nanay. In in English, I was trying to prove and show to my mother what how I should have been brought up, like how I should have been mothered and how I should have been nurtured. You know, there was like it was like revenge motherhood. I yeah. wasn't just being a great mother to my daughter. To yeah. I was trying to show her pinapamuka is like in your face, you yeah. know. Um, I was really trying to showcase to her this is how you should have mothered me. Is that even a term? This is how you should have yeah. been a mother to me. No, this, this is, is how, how I should have been nurtured. Yeah, this is how I should have been loved. Instead, so it, the intention behind it wasn't just being a great mom. It's to show somebody, like getting back at someone. Like this, you should have done this to me. Yeah, you know, I have a joke now with my mom when because every time we do um, video calls, see, we do video calls now. <laughs> I from going from refusing to answer her calls to just calling her out of the blue. So whenever my daughter comes into the call, uh, she'd be like. Hello, Apo. Oh, my, my granddaughter is so pretty. Hello, Apo. You see the change in her, uh, just her reception of my daughter. You can tell that she loves my daughter so much. And I would always kid around with my mom. Ma, how come, when, how come with me you were never like that? You never gave me that love. But, you know, there's no more pain. And I'd laugh it off. And my mom would concur with me and say, Oh, nga. 
yeah, with you, I wasn't like that. I didn't have that love for you. <laughs> but there's <laughs> no pain, you know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. so grateful that she's like that towards my daughter. Like, how lucky is this little girl to be getting so much love from my mom? And, and the beautiful, beautiful thing, actually, Jelly, I have to add this in, is that if you hadn't taken those steps to yeah. attend the classes, to work on this issue with your mom, if you hadn't brought it from under the rug <laughs> and decided to deal with it, you would have deprived your daughter of this beautiful relationship that she has with her grandmother. Sanaya, that rug has been rolled, put away, and I can't even find it. It's refusing to come out. So I'm kind of left with no other choice. Amazing. It is. Amazing. I highly recommend it. You know, not necessarily um, if you still don't understand, grasp the concept of theta healing, that's absolutely fine. You know, if something else appeals to you, then so be it. But I highly recommend going through healing. It will do wonders for you. Uh, if you feel like, you know what? I got by anyway. I, I turned out okay. You know, life is great, but it can be so much better. Yeah. So go for that healing session. Undergo healing. You don't lose. It. Yes, I know. It will make you face those demons. It will make you face all of those things that you thought didn't exist anymore and you got rid of, but they're just there. And if you empty your heart, if you empty your soul of all of those negative emotions and burdens, you're just going to free up space for the good stuff to come in. Love, peace, happiness. And wouldn't you want that? Yeah. So true. Honestly, Jelly, even till today, I mean, I've been on a healing path, as you know, for more than uh, a decade at this point, And I still what find things... things <laughs> Yeah, we're junkies, totally. But I still find, even as a ther as a healer myself, as someone who works with people, I mm. still find areas of my life that I see, oh, wait, I can improve this or I can kind yeah. of work on this. And I think that's that's our journey in life. You know, we're yeah. constantly changing and evolving and we want to make sure that we're creating really a beautiful life for ourselves rather than constantly having the past sneak up on us and yeah. show up in the form of, you know, challenges and difficulties and stress in our lives. So mm -hmm. it's really like biting the bullet. You know, if you don't kind of deal with it, it's going to creep up somehow. It's going to show up as a disease. It's going to show up as a relationship issue. It's going to show up as, you know, some kind of um, conflict in some area of your life. It doesn't stay hidden. Like you said, you know, mm -hmm. it, it will show up. And I think the important thing is to introspect, you know, to ask yourself those questions like, why is this happening? You know, where's this coming from? Is there stuff that I need to still deal with or resolve? And just kind of having that relationship with yourself that you're, you're communicating, you're trying to understand, you know, mm -hmm. how you're feeling about something. I think that goes a long way to getting us to be more self-aware and, and maybe take more charge of our life. So, Jelly, you've worked through three major areas in your life thus far. I mean, you've worked on a lot of different things, but if I were to kind of categorize it, you've worked on the relationships, on motherhood, on childhood. Looking back, what are the important lessons that you have learned? How has your relationship 
with yourself changed as a result of that? Whew, that's a, a loaded question right there. The many things I've learned. Very important ones would be relationship with yourself. That's, I think that's first and, no, actually not first and foremost. Interestingly enough, working on relationships with exes, relationship with your mother, father, you also end up working on your relationship with God. You know, your creator, the energy of creation, whatever it is that you believe in, you work on that. And theta healing, people think that would I be against my religion? Would I be against Catholicism, Christianity, Islam? You'd think, okay, I'm not going to get into theta healing because it might conflict what belief I already have that exists. It didn't. It just strengthened it for me. Now I can, I can talk to God. I can listen to God's messages. They come in clearly. Sometimes I choose to listen. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> you know, at least the messages are coming through. It's like your the communication line is, has been cleared. So you now have like a straight path to God. And you know that you can talk to him. And you know that you can hear him. It's really just up to you. I didn't have that prior to going for my healing sessions. Prior to going for healing so I got that fixed, and I've learned to value myself a little bit more, knowing what I'm really about. I've appreciated my journey. I've been thankful for all the trials, tribulations that I've gone through. I'm grateful for them because it led me to where I am now, and I like where I am now. But do I still want to go through all those things just to like how I am? No, not anymore. It's like, thank you for the lesson. I appreciate it. I'm done. You know, goodbye to you. So you have a great relationship with, with your creator. You have a fantastic relationship with yourself. Or at least getting better at having a fantastic relationship with yourself. I have my off days. And because of that... Now I have better relationships around me. I've said this in the eavesdrop podcast. I never would have thought the people I do the podcast with would be my friends. And now I can't think of opening up to anyone else but Jude, Fran, and Delamar. We were not even friends on radio. But because I went through this healing you know, these relationships opened up. So as you heal yourself, you watch how every aspect of your life starts to blossom, to bloom, mm -hmm. to come alive. Things that you didn't think you needed, but now that they're there, it just makes life so much better. Yeah. Jelly, do you think this is why you also found yourself as a host of the Eavesdrop? It's because of all the healing you've done, all the experiences, like kind of, 
and I'm, I don't mean intentionally, but like energetically, you got mm-hmm. kind of pulled together with these three other people where you are all together now in a position to help other people through the different conversations that you have on the podcast. And, and the conversations on your podcast are very thought provoking. You know, they, they create awareness, they inspire people to look inward. And I think what I also really love about the eavesdrop podcast, you know, I've guested there um, a couple of times is that you really make people feel like they aren't alone in their problems and their issues that you guys are there with them. So do you think you've been able to cultivate this kind of a space or platform because of everything you've been through? Like it's made you that person that is now in a position to kind of help others? Well, hopefully we're helping others. I I think we are. I just said yes and I showed up. But every single time in the beginning, every time I knew we had a recording, I would be stressed out. I was I was scared to go in there because these are the three people that I was on radio with for many years that intimidated the crap out of me. <laughs> they were the most intimidating, scary personalities at the radio station, at least for me. And I'm doing a podcast with them. It makes you think like, how can this be? But I just said yes. And I showed up because I knew there's a reason for this. And we ended up getting to know each other better, getting closer to each other through the podcast. For the listeners who have been there since the beginning, I think they get to hear that. The evolution of our friendship through the podcast. We've really opened up like we never have in that podcast. And hopefully... With what we share, it is helping people out. And that is in line with what I've always wanted, I suppose. You know, I wanted to do something that is, you know, going to inspire somebody else, going to be impactful for someone and make them feel better about their lives, you know, or do better with their lives. I've always said to you, Jelly, that there's a healer in you, you know, and you're a fantastic Theta healer. Uh, you've actually, you can work on yourself, you work on a lot of people. And I think um, that's the beauty is, you know, when we come through our own healing, we now we're, we're able to kind of pass that on to other people. So beautiful. Right. All right. So Jelly, we are now pretty much at the end of the episode. So I wanted to ask you, what is your project loving myself message or mantra to our listeners? What would you like to share with them? This is something that I heard while listening to a health and wellness podcast several weeks ago, and it really, it was impactful. And I felt like this is something I want to share to whoever needs to hear it. When you focus on what you don't have, you miss or you lose what you do have. But when you focus on what you do have, you gain what it is you lack. And when I heard that, I realized it's something that I've been following or believing in prior to even hearing those. I mean, we hear it in so many forms. What you appreciate appreciates 
you, what you focus on, you attract, you, you know, different words, but it means the same thing. Right. Especially with this pandemic, if you're constantly thinking about the fact that you're not traveling, you're not meeting up with friends, you're not meeting up with family, you're not working as much, and everything else that has changed about your life, you're missing out on the gifts of the pandemic. The fact that you're with your family 24-7, that you get to be with, you get to see your kids all the time. Before you were complaining that you come home, your kids are already asleep. You leave, the kids are still asleep or they're off to school. You hardly see them. You only see them on weekends. Now you get to be with them all the time. Yeah. You're part, uh, you used to complain, I don't know what it is my kids are learning in school. Now you do. You're part of their online schooling. You're not wasting time in traffic. Now you're actually going to look forward to the time when you're back in the office and with your office mates. You'll have a different kind of appreciation for going to work and being with your office mates. But that can only happen if you do not focus on what it is you've lost or what it is you don't have. If you focus on what it is you do have, you gain even those things that you thought you lacked. I'm saying you thought, because for all you know, they've always existed. You just never saw it. You just never appreciated it. You know, and I feel like maybe that's something we need to do more of. Yeah. You know? I, I agree completely, you know. And I think one practice that really helps me, Jelly, is to to say or to even write what I'm grateful for. You know, and sometimes like, like last night, I remember I was going to bed and I was closing the lights in my home and I just paused for a second before I, I, I turned the lights off and I said, you know, thank you creator for my beautiful home. And this is like right before I was going to bed, just the thought came to me is, and, and when you put yourself in that gratitude mindset, I think we focus on the things that we are grateful for and we bring in that kind of energy of gratitude, the energy of appreciation, and that attracts a lot more positive energy into our life. So thank you for sh sharing that. You know, that statement was just really powerful and so true, so important for us to keep remembering. One last, it's part of our nightly prayer. So the family, Juliana's dad, myself, and Juliana, we would pray at night. And right after the prayer, we would talk about five things that we're grateful for. And it just does wonders for the family and the energy at home. So try that yourself. We really need to end this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was such a beautiful, beautiful episode. I mean, thank you, Jelly, for your amazing, vibrant energy and um, presence. It really, I think, added a whole new dimension to the topic of healing and and theta healing and all the different things we, we talked about. I really am grateful for that. Thank you, Jelly. And Jelly, before we go, please share a little bit about your podcast. And now you're doing podcast radio, which is a really yes. cool thing. Yeah. So please tell our listeners how they can follow you and how they can learn a lot more about what you're doing. 
First of all, Sanaya, thank you very much for having me on Project Loving Myself as a massive fan of you and the podcast. It is quite the honor to be on the show. Thank you very much. To hear more about what we go through, and I say we because Fran, Delamar, and Jude are all part of the podcast, please listen to us. We are exclusively on Spotify. It's Eavesdrop Radio. You can find us on our social media account. The best one would be on Instagram and Twitter. It is Eve's Podcast. Um, we also have a sort of a spinoff, which is Eve's Drop Radio. So if you feel like we talk too much in the podcast, but that is what a podcast is all about. It's all talk. <laughs> but if you feel like that's too much, we have the music and talk counterpart which is eavesdrop radio so more music less talk it's also on spotify do check that out and follow us listen to us my personal account is at jelly victor that's g-e-l-l-i-v-i-c-t-o-r you will get to see how introverted i am because you will always hear my voice but you hardly see me on my instagram stories <laughs> so please um, follow and yeah, thank you again, Sanaya. Thank you, Jelly. How many of you can relate to Jelly's story? Often we see our own stories mirrored in other people's journeys, and we can learn from the choices, the decisions they have made, because we can see the outcomes, even the consequences in their life, which help us to make better choices in our life. It is always inspiring to listen to others who have paved the path for us, making it easier for us to get there. Share your thoughts with me on Instagram and Facebook and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. I would completely appreciate your love by hitting the subscribe button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Let's take the Project Loving Myself journey together. Week after week, we keep going because the possibilities are endless. Our quote for today's episode is... Even the greatest was once a beginner. Don't be afraid to take the first step. And that's from Muhammad Ali. You are so loved and thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.